Matthew 24. And of course, Matthew 24 <clears throat> it gives us the signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe the Lord's return is just around the corner. You know, it just looks like war in the Mideast is definitely inevitable. It's going to happen. You can't stop it. It's going to occur. Now, you may say, How, what do you base that on? Well, I base that on what I've been hearing by world leaders. I have heard over the radio three or four times this past week by, I say this past week, I really didn't listen to the radio this past week, but just before I went to conference, three or four world leaders saying there will be a war in the Mideast. Can't stop it. We're headed. And they say that the United States will play a major role in that war. Why? Because we have Marines over there. And we have naval boats in the Mediterranean that's already fired. We're involved already. You know, and uh, you may say, well, we should never have been over there to start with. Well, I suppose if we all live by the Bible that there would be peace on the earth. And I'm looking forward to that day in which we shall reign as kings and priests on the earth with him for a thousand years of peace. Praise God. Now, in Matthew 24, verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound... The love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. You know, <clears throat> I was really touched. We, we sat through the Harvest Time Banquet last Sunday. Sunday is always such a busy time. You have a Sunday morning service starting at preliminaries of the Sunday morning service starting at 9 and going to the service at 10 and 12 o'clock at the end of that. It's a foreign mission service. Uh, and then it lasts till 3.30 and we had a harvest time banquet. It lasts till 5 or 5.30 and then service starts at 7 and lasts till whenever. Long services at conference. Isn't that right? <clears throat> so it gets to be real long. But at the Harvest Time Banquet, <clears throat> we, we heard them talking about China. In China, the Harvest Time radio broadcast is going forth, and about 99% of all Chinese people have radios. And, of course, we're uh, broadcasting this from Taiwan, and it's reaching over 1 billion people 
and one radio broadcast. Praise God. And a lot of people are turning to the Lord. A lot of people are turning to the Lord as a result of the radio broadcast. You know, we only have, as far as we know, one uh, preacher, one Jesus name, Holy Ghost filled preacher in China. And that's Brother Lee King, who is ordained by the United Pentecostal Church. Now, I'm going to be mentioning United Pentecostal Church quite a bit in this service. We want you to know that we do love and we do appreciate our affiliation with the United Pentecostal Church. But we'd also like for you to know that we do believe it's the name of Jesus that saves a person and not the name of an organization. But we believe that organization is the will of God. Because the Bible definitely speaks in the New Testament of organized brethren. Doctrinal questions and things of uh, pertinent uh, eternal values were never settled inside of a local assembly. They were always settled by the ministry outside of a local assembly. And then epistles were handed down to the local assembly. Now we don't add to the word of God because it's already been uh, finalized. We have the Bible. But nevertheless, uh, when it comes to interpretation of doctrinal questions and such, we believe that uh, the body of ministers who are responsible for the work of the Lord on the earth to the congregations, it should be discussed outside of a local assembly. And that's a very important thing because we would, certainly wouldn't want the church in Janesville and the church in Madison, the church in Richland Center, all preaching a different doctrine. And this is the reason why that ministers confer with each other. And then, of course, uh, uh, we have a common foundation and a common doctrine to stand on. But uh, going back to what I was saying, it is just amazing to me at the rampant pace in which the gospel is being preached. Now, I would say this. We're falling far short of reaching the world with the gospel. Now, the Bible never says we should save the whole world. It doesn't say that. In fact, the Bible doesn't even tell us to save people. We preach the gospel to people which saves them and saves ourselves. And this is what Paul was speaking of when he spoke to Timothy. But our responsibility is to preach the gospel. The saving is left up to God. I can't fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Now, I may be able to admit faith, that they may have faith and believe God. I may be able to lay hands upon them. They may feel something and want it. But as far as me saying, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost and give you the Holy Ghost and you the Holy Ghost, I can't do that. It's God that gives eternal life. Praise God. But I would like to say that I am I, I, I'm very, very pleased and fulfilled to know that uh, I am associated with an with a endeavor in the earth to reach the world. Praise God. I, I appreciate so very, very much what God has been doing in, in the churches, in our uh, foreign mission service, I think uh, 17 new families were commissioned to go preach the gospel. A very dear friend of mine who I grew up with, Paul Suber, who pastors in Cameron, Arkansas, he and his wife and children were commissioned to go to Ivory Coast. 
I was not able to speak with Brother Suber, but he will be passing through Wisconsin. We'll have him here. We just had Brother Fuller here with us, and he was such a great inspiration to me. I don't uh, know how you felt about it, but it meant, it meant a lot to have him here. Now, Brother Johnny Wilhoit will be here the weekend of October 30th, and Brother Johnny Wilhoit is the uh, missionary uh, to Mexico that Brother Eden spoke of, and Brother Wilhoit, Brother Johnny Wilhoit, was our pastor when Sister Grant received the Holy Ghost. And then later on, Brother Suber will be here, and Brother Suber went to high school with us, and now he's going to the Ivory Coast. Praise God. So I, uh, I just, I don't know, I kind of feel at this particular time kin to a worldwide evangelistic spirit. Praise God. And it makes me feel good to know that, that all that I know about God and all that I know about the family of God is not wrapped up just right here. I would like to say this. I'd rather be no place than right here. And somebody asked me, they said, of all the preachers who have preached in your church, who do your people think the best one is? And I said, me. <laughs> and I, <clears throat> I, said, <clears throat> I said, the people would rather hear me than anybody else. They said, oh, Brother Grant. I said, well, I like to feel that's that way anyway. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> I will... I will say this, I have preached overseas, I've preached up in Alaska, I've preached uh, west, I've preached south, I've preached east, I've preached central, I've preached north, I've preached in Canada, and I'd rather preach right here than any place I've ever preached. Praise God. <laughs> and I mean that. Praise God. Praise God. But... Uh, on the foreign mission field, we now have 292 families reaching 97 nations. And broadcasting with the Harvest Time radio broadcast to over 1 billion souls every day. Now, that's on a daily basis, and that's not a weekly basis, but the Harvest Time program to the Chinese people have been altered somewhat from the international program. And I think it's a 15-minute or 10-minute program at that uh, is sponsored every day into uh, China. The foreign missions giving in all of our churches this year exceeded $9 million. And I really praise God for that. Praise God. I really praise God for it. And I would, I'd like to say this, you know, we have Christmas for Christ churches right here in, in our district. And uh, Brother Yance, who was a former pastor of this church, who was responsible for this church growing so very much in his uh, period of leadership here, uh, gave us a report. The, the Christmas for Christ offering last year was over $2 million. And he, he said this, for the first time, we actually had more money uh, than what we had been to ask for support. This was the first time ever. Praise God. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be asking this next year. Praise God, and <laughs> we're just going to pray, brother and sister Gillum down in Monroe. We're uh, we're trying to get them on Christmas for Christ. We presently have two churches in our state on Christmas for Christ: Richland Center and uh, Watertown. And we'd like to we'd like to see we have we have set a goal 
in the United Pentecostal Church to double in a decade. And that starts, that started in 1982. And 1992, we want to have here in our state uh, 84 churches. 84 churches. And you know, Brother Kask and I were, were figuring the number of churches that uh, we should have. And uh, when 1982 started, we had 41 churches in the state. And with adding the church up in Wisconsin Rapids, we now have 49 churches. And uh, if we keep going like we have in the last year or so, well, by 1992, we'll have over 100 churches. Praise God. And I think that's great. I'd like to see us get three or 400 churches here. Praise God. Now, I'm just I'm giving you a conglomerate of stuff here tonight. But I just want to, I want to talk because I feel that I, I need to do this. For your sake, you are not privileged to go to the conference like like the, the Hans who, you know, always have free time and a lot of money and the Gemeinders, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, so, uh, but, uh, <laughs> praise God. <clears throat> Brother Sonny looks, looks embarrassed there, you know. But uh, you were not privileged to go to the conference and, and you like to hear things like this, but, but Brother Holly preached the first night, and Brother Rex Johnson the second night, and uh, who preached the third night now? Brother uh, uh, Huntley, Brother Huntley, and then of course Brother Urshan, Brother Becton, and Brother Reynolds. Such great preaching we heard, outstanding preaching, great moves of the Lord. And then, of course, the day services were well attended and preachers preaching the Word of God. But, but listen, we... We believe that we can reach the world. Praise God. We believe that, don't we? And we believe we can preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we didn't say we could save everybody. Because I can assure you, when you read about the tribulation period, there's a lot of people who are not saved. And we recognize that. But nevertheless, that is not our concern. Our concern is not who want, but who will. Praise God. And let's give the world a chance. Let's give Madison a chance to be saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I found this out. I teach uh, Christian stewardship very often. I have not taught it for some time here. But, but there are three things that we feel that are key words to a Christian's life. One is priorities. You've got to know your priorities. Number two, goals. You have to set certain goals. In order to assure that your priorities continually stay arranged right. And then, of course, uh, number three is planning. You have to plan to do what uh, your goals and such uh, uh, dictate to you. But, do you know I found this out? A person without established goals, I don't care what his priorities are, is not a happy person. I have never yet met a man that did not have established goals that was happy. Now, I'm not saying that setting goals is a guarantee of being happy because I think some people, if their priorities are wrong, they can establish goals which dictate to them constant greed and selfishness and such in which they would not be happy. But if your priorities are right and you have established goals, you'll be a happy person. 
But you can arrange your priorities. God is our number one priority. The family of God is our number two priority. And the work of God is our number three priority. And you should have goals established in all areas. And if you don't have goals established, you cannot be a fulfilled person. Consequently, you'll not be happy. If you go up to a young man just graduating from high school and ask him, Son, what do you want to be in life? And he says, I don't know. I'll assure you, he's not a young man that's going to be happy. And if you go up to a man who's 30 years old and you ask him, What are you going to do in life? I don't know. He's not a happy man. Because you can't live like that and be happy. But the man who's happy knows what he wants to do. And he's got direction. And he's following in the direction in which he has established goals. He's got, um, he's got short-range goals and intermediate goals and long-range goals. He knows what he wants in life. And he's happy. He's happy as a result of it. Now, the reason why I said I'm going to tie this into uh, what the Lord said tonight. Do you remember when the Lord spoke to us? In tongues and interpretation, he spoke about his will. And I believe that Christians, even though they, they should live every day in the secret, to, 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 you should live every day doing the will of God, and the secret to knowing the will of God ten years from now is to do the will of God today. And if you do today what you should do, God will direct you toward the future. And we're talking about establishing goals that are in direct uh, alignment with the will of God. And once that goal has been established and you work feverishly toward that, you're going to be a busy, happy person. A man who has idle time all the time, not, not knowing what he's going to do or anything. You know, we have men who are unemployed in this church and ladies who are unemployed. And I really appreciate the fact that most of them stay busy. I had someone in my office today said, uh, a young lady of this congregation said, what can I do around the church, Brother Grant? I want to come and do something. And we have men who call me and say, Brother Grant, I'm not working. What can I come and do? But you've seen the person just sit back and just all day long. I remember building a house one time and Brother Fuller spoke of uh, Max, Brother Fuller and myself building a house in 10 days. And... Uh, but it wasn't that type of house. Well, I spent a long time on this house. I was building it mostly by myself. And there were a couple of people, and uh, <clears throat> they weren't retired people. I guess they were retired too, by virtue of the uh, <clears throat> uh, definition of retirement. They were retired. <laughs> but they just sat out on the porch all day long, a porch swing, and they just they watched me build that house. And they'd swing and swing and swing. You know, when I got there in the morning, they were swinging. When I left, they were swinging. That's all they had to do. That's what they wanted to do. <clears throat> you know? and, and you see, what happens when you're that way, you get your mind on your own problems. You become negative. It's always, oh, things are not going right with me. 
You know, I thank God I'm pastoring a church where people are positive. Oh, we have some young people who are negative, but they get that way. That's why we have a Christian school and we constantly work on them and say, look, don't be so negative about life. You know, well, dirty, rotten school and rules and all that. It'll change. It'll change. We hope it'll change. I've seen some people that didn't change. Isn't that right? You know? Like one lady, you know, she... She was always sick all of her life, always sick. You've seen that type of person, a hypochondriac, just sick all the time. Everything's wrong, everything's wrong. And when she died, she left a will, and her husband complied to her wishes, and right on her tombstone was this message, I told you I was sick. (laughs) You know got to get that message across. Nobody listen to me. <clears throat> but you know what? If you establish goals and you know. And you know what? I believe if the preaching of the gospel to the whole world is the business of the church, it becomes your business. And if it's your business, then you should have an established plan in your life as to how you will help fulfill your part of that commission. Who are you going to preach the gospel to? I don't know. How are you going to preach it to them? I don't know. When are you going to preach it to them? I don't know that either. I'll say you're unhappy. Hello? I'll say you're unhappy. There's nobody that can claim to be a Christian that's not involved in the commission that's going to be happy. You can't be. You may say, oh, but Brother Grant, I am totally happy and I'm not involved and I never have been involved. I said, Christians. If you fit in that category, I question the validity of your association with Jesus. I was talking about Christians. That's pretty strong, isn't it? That's almost at the point of being rude. Isn't it? See? But I really believe that the Lord has us involved in one of the greatest things on the face of the earth. Let me talk about the Siberian Seven for a while. And, and we'll talk about that in relationship to the scripture that we gave here. There was a man that addressed our general board by the name of Ray Barnett. Now, maybe a lot of you never heard of Ray Barnett. I don't know. He is the international president of an association called Friends of the West. He is the man that worked through the United Pentecostal Church to get the Siberian 7 released from Russia. Now, Ray Barnett is an international figure. He works with a lot of different governments. They've got the term Friends of the West, and the reason why they have the, uh, they use this term, which became the name of their organization, is because that they, they started writing letters to, to Christians. Now, when I say use the word Christians here, I'm using it in a broad sense. Everybody in the world that claims to be a Christian, behind communist borders where... 
the Christians are, are persecuted. And where the government would not allow them to, to have free access to buildings and worship the Lord like we worship the Lord. And uh, when, when, they, pardon me, when they sign their letters, instead of putting their name, they just say, Friends of the West. And after a while, their, their pen pal group grew to the point in which they had a large association, so they took on the name Friends of the West. Now, I did not know this, but uh, you can write individuals behind communist countries. Now, I didn't know this. But if you want to write people in Russia, if you knew somebody there, you can write them. Now, the letters do get opened, and they do get censored a lot of times. But I did find this out, and I didn't know this. There is, a, uh, there is an international postal service. And if foreign governments do not deliver letters, then they are penalized. And I did not know, but uh, Russia pays uh, millions of dollars per year to the International Postal Service, uh, which is reimbursed to the sender when letters are not sent overseas. They read them. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Ray Barnett told us that that uh, we were responsible and the only Pentecostal group that responded at all to the call of the Siberian Seven. Now, the Siberian Seven grew. It was more than seven people that left Siberia. In fact, there were 32 uh, in number. 32 of them. Two families, two, two immediate families, the Vashinko family and the Shimkala family. And we had uh, some of those there at the conference. Uh, there's part of the family living in Los Angeles, California, attending Brother Bernard Elms Church. Some are living in Puyallup, Washington, attending Brother Zemke's Church. Some are in Idaho, attending Brother Rutson's Church. I'm not for sure where he pastors. I think it's Boise, Idaho, but I could be wrong there. And then some are in St. Louis. Now, out of the 32 that came, uh, uh, 31, pardon me, 31, out of the 31 that came to the states, 23 of them are members of the United Pentecostal Church. There were some of them that uh, were not Jesus' name and had not been filled with the Holy Ghost, but the 23 of the 31 were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, <clears throat> Ray Barnett told us something that we want to pray about, and he put this out to the general board and asked us to take it back to all of our churches in Siberia at this time, located in isolated cities around. There are over 30,000 Jesus' name, oneness people who are seeking uh entrance into various countries they're wanting to leave the uh, Russia and he says that the responsibility of them leaving must rest upon some church and he said because they're your people uh, should rest upon you now that's 30,000 that's a lot of them and he says the indications are that the Russian people will allow all 30,000 to leave if they want to. Now, if that happens, then uh, 
he said, each one of your churches will have to take in two or three families or more. So we may get some right here in Madison. And uh, so we asked the question, well, why is this happening? Now, you heard over the radio, I heard it the week that I left for the general conference, where near the place where the Boeing 747 was shot down, there, are, there is a small city of 60 people who are on a hunger strike. Strike? Did you hear, did you hear that old radio? And they haven't eaten since September 9th. Now, all of these people are Jesus' name people. And the truth of the matter is, they're on a fast. And the reason why is because the Russians have isolated their city and they will not allow food or anything to go in. And there's 60 of them there, and there are five in another little city. Now, he said, we have contact with the five. We've written them letters. And what we're doing now, we're praying and asking God, how can we help these people? Now, of the five families in the smaller community, we will place two phone calls, and we know what will happen. We have contacted two families, and the families said, you go ahead and call us and give us direction. We'll get word to the 60 as to what we should do. But <clears throat> this is what Ray said. Ray Barnett said, the first family we call will automatically be taken up and thrown in prison to die but they have said we will sacrifice our lives for this because every young man in the whole oneness movement throughout Russia that numbers into the hundreds of thousands of people every young man going into the ministry is automatically taken up and thrown inside a prison. In fact, Ray Barnett told us, in Moscow alone, there are 104 oneness churches, and all of their pastors are in prison. All of them. And the reason why that the 60 are on this fast is because the 30,000 in Siberia say the Lord has told them that the judgments of God will rest upon the Soviet nation and it will be destroyed. And we want to leave. They said, we're trying to do it because God told us he's going to destroy the Soviet nation as a result of its anti-God, tyranny-type government. I can show you in prophecy in the book of Ezekiel where it says it's going to happen, friend. Praise God. I think we're living closer to the end time than what we might visualize. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you may say, well, you get 30... 30,000, if, if seven people made such headlines as to broadcast the true method of baptism and the true doctrine proclaimed in the Bible relative to the new birth, what do you think the impact of 30,000 of them leaving Russia would be? Now you think about it. These seven people made international news 
And you think about the 30,000. And then you think about someone who feels so strongly about the will of God that they're willing to be cast into prison. But Ray Barnett said there are two families there. The first family will be jerked up and placed in prison. But the first family said, we will get the message to the second family. The second family will get the message to the 60 who are fasting. And we're going to turn around and call the second family back to find out if they really got the message there. And the second family has also agreed, we will spend the rest of our life in prison as a result of your second phone call. Why? Because our women are raped, our men are shot, and our preachers die a torturous death in prison for preaching the Jesus' name doctrine. And Ray Barnett had this to say. He said, Brother Urshan, you remember when we were in Moscow and we met with the Soviet leaders and they said, there's no way that the seven will ever leave and find asylum in the United States. And one of the leaders looked at Brother Urshan and laughed. He says, ha, ha, why don't you pray to your God? Well, they're here. We prayed to him. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise God. <laughs> Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord again. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. That's above every name. We know that in the last days the gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all the world for witness. Could God use a situation like this to herald the message around the world, to show His greatness? Praise God. I believe that not only could He do it, but things are shaping up to point the fact that He is doing it. I'm not going to say He's not going to use other means also. But I have perfect confidence in the God that I stand with. Praise God. I don't know if the day will ever come in which we'll be cast into prison. Because I'm sure that there have been periods of time in which people have enjoyed liberty. But I'll tell you what bothers me so much. It really does bother me. Is to see a nation like ours and even a lot of apostolic Christians who are unhappy they don't have any gold set. They could care less if people are preached to. They sit on pews, uh, warm pews, and and they they just don't have any direction in their lives. 
Now, I can truthfully say, for the most part, that is certainly not the story here. I appreciate that. I was just overwhelmed recently when we fasted those three days at the number of hard-working men came to me and said, Brother Grant, we're behind you all the way. I fasted so I thought I was going to die. But doesn't it bother you when you see young teenagers roam the streets with boom boxes on their shoulder and loud rock music, smoking pot, glassy-eyed, freaked out? And a lot of them passing out communist newspapers. Isn't that right? And to talk about Jesus and such, you know, it's it's a sissy thing. It's, it's for little kids in Sunday school and retired senior citizens. You know, that's the way a lot of our people are feeling. But I'm glad we have a country in which we can lift our hands and magnify God. I'm glad I'm living in a country in which I can stand up and preach to you whatever I want to preach to you, and you can listen to whatever you want to listen to, and we can make as much noise as we want to. Praise God. Did you know we can do right on the Capitol Square down there what we're doing right here? And if we didn't like the atmosphere here, we could go out in the parking lot. If we didn't like the parking lot, we could go over to the park. And if we didn't like the park, we could all gather in your home someplace if we could all get there. And if we didn't like that, well, we could even go over to the airport and rent a transporter and take us up in the sky and have it up there if we wanted to. <laughs> if we got the money, that's the liberty we enjoy. And if somebody says, Jesus, we can look back and say, the devil? You want to serve him? They say, you're crazy. You're a Jesus freak. And we could say, I'd rather be freaked out on the spirit than burn out on acid. Glad I know Jesus. You know, this is the liberty we enjoy here. Praise God. And I'm so glad, praise God, that I live here. But nevertheless, my liberty is no excuse for a lack of burden. For people who are suffering. I feel. And request to a man. Who does not know. The Jesus name doctrine. That's Ray Barnett. Like we know it. Because he is not. A Holy Ghost filled Jesus name person. But nevertheless. Is concerned about these people. And have been praying for them for years. I think it would be good for us to bow our heads right now and pray for these 60 people the five families along with the two families that will be cast into prison then all of the oneness people in Russia right now would you pray our great God of heaven I am asking right now let the power of the Holy Ghost fall upon 
these 60 Christians and these additional five families, may they feel the comfort and know the joy of being associated with your name. And I pray for a a government that's anti-God that somehow, Lord, you'd shake that nation. Oh, Jesus, I pray for the 104 underground, unregistered churches in Moscow and all the believers there who are Jesus' name and who've been filled with your Spirit. I believe, Lord, you're coming back soon. And I don't really know, Lord, what you're going to do to shake this world. And I don't know what you're going to do to get the eyes of people open. And I don't know what you're going to do to your church to get the church to feel its responsibility to its community. But, oh, God, this I do know, that it's going to happen. It will occur. The Bible says it will. And I'm saying, God, do it, Lord. Have your way. Now, Lord, I don't believe that every person in this congregation is called to teach search for truth. I don't believe everybody's a preacher. But I believe everybody can be a witness. And I pray that deep down inside of the bosom of every person here, that there would be a burden that would surge right to the surface. And that people would know that there is a God that's alive in that household. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I want to sing a chorus right now. And as we sing this chorus about the name of Jesus, if we have any person here who has never dedicated their heart to God, I want you to feel free to just come right down to this altar and kneel and pray. Brother Felix will be baptizing Mike. I'd like for them to prepare right now for their baptism. Praise God. Do you believe that Jesus is powerful? Do you believe that His name is powerful? But not only is it powerful, but it's such a comfort. It's so sweet. It's so precious. Let's sing this chorus. Jesus, 
is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name. That's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same. As his holy name, that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know.